0: Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead, and some days are magical, like grape banana bread. Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads, the voices in our heads hello and congrats on not killing yourself it's christina hutchinson and you're listening to the voices in our heads that's how i sing it on the intro song because we got a beautiful voice and you
1: go fuck yourself okay bye
0: okay uh before i get into some stuff which does include fuckboy theater because i found a girl sent me a bio that's just so goddamn long so we're gonna read it Um, here's some shows that are happening and new ones are tacked on. So I'll fast forward. Uh, New New York. The next one is happening Friday, October 16th, aka this Friday. If it rains... It's probably not going to happen But I, I don't know You know the weather says It's going to rain But uh, my heart says It's not going to rain And honestly a lot of people Have been telling me That I'm psychic lately And I'm like shut the fuck up So I'm just going to like Will the rain away So Friday This Friday the 16th And then Saturday October 31st We're going to be doing A day thing And a night thing um, It's Halloween It's Halloween so keep that in mind and i posted the link on my instagram bio because we can lead. daddy cuomo <laughs> both of them are daddies so that we can have outdoor gatherings that were masked and temperature checked so i can post the link now and not fear getting arrested denver colorado Corinne and i are coming to comedy works october 22nd through the 24th oklahoma city oklahoma i know that's not how y'all talk but that's how i'm gonna say it November 19th through the 21st. The Friday and Saturday. Oh, no, that's not the Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving. But November 19th through the 21st. Whatever dates those are, probably Thursday through Saturday. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Corinne and I are going to be at Bricktown Comedy Club. And then Maryland. I'm not going to say the city because you're not that big of a state. McGooby's Joke House. Corinne and I are going to be there the Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving. So November 27th and the 28th. So can you come to those... Can you come, can you come to my show? I work really hard on my stand up so Can you please come to my show? That's how I wish I talked as a little kid. Do you know when I was a little kid, I pretended that I needed glasses and braces. I mean, I actually really did, but I I didn't know that yet cuz I didn't go to a doctor, but um and I would put gum in over my teeth and then I would wear my mom's reading glasses. I don't know why I loved pretending I had glasses and braces And then you know When I matured And blossomed Into a 15 year old I finally cut the braces So yeah mom Just give them to me The last two years Of my teenage life That's cool Uh, But she worked hard And cleaned houses So that I could get my braces But then my therapist said She shouldn't have told me that But I was like Well I helped her clean the houses So I know And she's like Oh okay And I'm like Well which one is it doc It's hard to be in my head Um Last episode, I had mentioned very flippantly. I've been reading a lot of books, can you tell? <laughs> about trucks outside of my apartment who I thought were the Proud Boys, and then they weren't, and then they were protesting about the Armenian conflict. That's what I saw on their signs. And then I you know, I said, I wish you peace. And then I, you know, I knew I said it like that, and then I was like, that's probably insensitive, because I'm sure people are listening that are affected by what's happening. And also, the look in the men's eyes, there were some women there too, but they were in the car um they were hurt and they were really upset and they were wanting to make loud noise about something that was important to them and they did honestly it's a really good idea for a protest to go in your cars and have flags and have signs for your causes and then honk the shit out of your horns people are going to go hey what's that so i actually think it's a really great form of protesting um and you know COVID safe but I very flippantly was like, "Oh, you're not the Proud Boys." Well, I wish you well. And then I did get an email um, from somebody who was upset about that. And man, see, this is how this is. Look at you're you're you are about to witness living proof of a girl in the world who's improving. Because normally I am so goddamn defensive, <laughs> and I know where it comes from. But I, you know, if anybody gets upset with me, I I take it seriously. But I do this thing where I'm like Well I didn't mean it like that So fuck you And I, it's just like I don't want to behave that way That's not mature mm-hmm. And also I do care So when I go And when I'm just so busy Being defensive to whatever person Is like you said this And it upset me um, I'm not really hearing them And getting the message Anyway This girl messaged me And said hey you, you kind of Very casually Mentioned this conflict And I just want you to know That it's you know Affecting my family And people are dying And um, The old me would have been like But I didn't mean to make you sad So shut the fuck up But the new me is like I'm so sorry about that I kind of I knew that I mentioned it flippantly And so I'm gonna do my due diligence And do research on this I don't know I, I was watching videos About the Armenian conflict um, About Armenians and Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan God I watched so many videos On how to pronounce that And I still fumbled But you know what I forgive myself okay because that's quote improving. But this is what I re- I researched it. I read her email. She sent me some links and I researched it. And I don't know, I'll just tell you about it because it's happening. And I I challenge you to research it and see if you can understand all these terms because you know I don't get a lot of the words that were being said, not because they were another language. They were English as fuck. But I don't know what a lot of war terms mean. Kevin, you drop it and then you act like you can't get it, but you got legs. You got four of them so it's one of the world's oldest conflicts um because the groups have been clashing for decades and there's this so there's this piece of land the size of delaware that lies within azerbaijan and it's been historically occupied and controlled by armenians and this long-standing feud came to a head on september 27th of this year uh armenia is claiming that turkey is sending syrian fighter jets to aid azerbaijan in its fight and um armenia is traditionally a military ally of russia and i was like i know what military ally means it means they's its friends that's the word i know i didn't have to look up that one but i also was like what does it mean to occupy a state and then i looked that up and then i didn't also really know what martial law like declaring martial law i kind of had an idea because i
1: was like oh is that what they're doing in portland
0: but then i had to read it about it so Turkey is backing its longtime ally Azerbaijan and that is bringing back painful memories for Armenians that's something that I read um in 1915 in the Armenian genocide which that's a fucking genocide about 1.5 million Armenians died in a massacre from massacres deportations and forced marches so ha huh, that's not kind that's expect very evil The event is widely viewed by historians as a genocide and was recognized as such by the Canadian Parliament. Thanks, Canada. You're not really part. I guess this is the other thing I don't understand. Other countries, I get they want to help, but like what? I don't know. And then Turkey is denying that they sent Syrian fighter jets, but the Armenians are like, we saw them. And Turkey's like, no, you didn't. And they don't want another genocide to happen. Putin good old pooty poots good old (laughs) rides on a horse without no shirt and his stomach isn't even that good that's a confident man who's the meanie um putin and then our united states president i don't want to say his name and the president of france called for an immediate ceasefire on both sides during for this during now like you know not too long ago and then china's foreign ministry has called on the two sides to resolve their differences through dialogue and i'm reading all this and i'm like yeah that's not gonna make them do it though right that's like a parent that's not even a parent that's like your friend not even your friend's parent that's like parents who aren't related to you going hey stop talk nice you uh, what oh okay now i'm gonna okay then i'll do that now i just don't i just don't know I just don't I, I I don't understand enough about war and about international relations to really have a, a true grasp of what's going on. But then I read that the land in Azerbaijan is a corridor for pipes carrying oil to world markets. And I was like, there we go. Ding ding ding. That's why everyone's trying to give a shit for fucking money. Well, I would hope that you give a shit because human beings are dying. But pff, you know, it's Christina. I just think too much with my goddamn heart, I guess. Who has room for that? It's certainly exhausting. It's certainly exhausting. So that's the gist of what I'd researched. And I don't, if there's ways to help, I I don't, email to me. I don't know. I want to spread awareness. Look, I don't have time to spread awareness about everything. I don't have time to read about everything because I'd fucking jump off a bridge because a lot of shit's sad and bad. And so I do what I can. But this was actually an interesting uh, little challenge for me to try and research i haven't researched something in a while and then you remember oh you know you want to get unbiased information this this world is so fucking crazy seriously congrats on not killing yourself and i mean that with all of my heart okay if there's anything else you want me to relay you can, you can email me i'll read it the voices in our heads podcast at gmail.com all right, so this these two things have nothing to do with each other. This is just the order that I'm pretending to do or that I am doing them in. Guys, let's do some fuckboy theater. I think it's time I think it's time I took a break Because I did not want To be reminded Of the terrible men That roam this planet Because I know Most of them Are not terrible But it's just The terrible ones Are the loudest You know Now this isn't This guy isn't terrible It's just Well you'll see it, A little long winded This is a guy's Bio On I guess The app is Tinder I don't know It's just, it's a dating app though And this is his bio And you know Nothing he says In it is Is bad But it's like Bro take me out to dinner before you tell me all this shit you know what i mean so maybe it'll serve as a reminder to you a boy or a yeah a boy um to not be so goddamn uh, long-winded okay ready <clears throat> let me i was gonna do a british accent for this because this person is from england and then i googled a video on how to do cockney and then i tried to do it kept coming out australia so i'm just gonna do what i know okay
1: by self about me and who I'm looking for. I love beautiful, confident, and sexy women that are completely comfortable being feminine. <laughs> are you drop dead gorgeous, healthy, confident, secure? That's the same thing. Optimistic. Oh God. Sexually open, ooh, flexible, <laughs> giving, intelligent, honest, outgoing. In parentheses, a social butterfly fun a great communicator in parentheses my life is a drama free zone understands men fuck you affectionate sexy happy and very feminine my ideal woman
0: again this is all in his
1: my ideal woman is between five foot and five nine tall slender and in great shape with a great body long and straight brown black red or auburn hair dark eyes and clear tan skin that's right you heard him he said a clear tan skin so i guess he doesn't want anyone to go to the great john spa health exercise and a healthy diet are a big part of her life
0: okay so this is imaginary girlfriend
1: i love to laugh you don't say tease and have fun i am very playful outrageous silly and strong bad That's strong man, if you didn't get that. I am very confident, clearly. And used to getting what I want. That sounds rapey. I want a woman who is used to the same. All right, I don't like him. Whatever you do for a living, it's something you absolutely love. That was in all caps. A great sense of humor is a must. He he needs it. Maybe you have older brothers who still to this day mess with you. Where's this going? And tease you, and you're just as playful and sweet back to them. <laughs> Occupation I am a journalist, but also work freelance as a storyboard artist. I love helping people, huh. and I take part in activism for environmental issues for fun to wake up every day and give a little more and be a little better than i was the day before my life is about learning and growing and helping others do the same my job is not work to me i'm doing it because i love it i love sea swimming and i'll do it all year round i love to travel hike and attend lectures it's an to- and scene i'm gonna cut you off buddy and
0: scene Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, it was a a tall mountain climb. It was a tall mountain climb. Wow. 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 This guy, is he gorgeous? Ladies, do you want to know? It's No, he's not that gorgeous. I mean, he's cute. But boy, is he picky with his women, huh? Honey, you got the eye on the wrong prize. But okay, I hope you find love. I hope you find what you're looking for, my pet boy that man sounds just it's like uh he'll he'll hey he'll talk your ear off so that's cool so if you got a sore throat you don't feel like talking don't worry about it he'll 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 take care of that for you jesus christ so much info uh i was watching uh this documentary series on netflix called the playbook because i'm really into You know, I got to say, I'm really coming around to sports, not watching it, but I'm coming around to, I always loved sports. I'm very athletic, but I really get, there's so much human psychology behind sports. A lot of it is so mental. And I'm obsessed with this idea that, you know, professional athletes have coaches and, what other realm, what other professionals have coaches, you know? Like a life coach. A life coach is such a good idea. Um, but there's one of my favorite coaches, and I've, you know, I don't know much about the NBA, okay? So that's the one with the basketball, right? It, it is. I, I knew that. I'm not one of those. like Wait, what ball is it? Oh, my God, we're watching basketball? Yay, touchdown. Like, I'm not that bitch. I love watching football. And I understand the rules. But basketball, I like watching. I just don't understand the rules as much. But Doc Rivers is such an incredible human being he, There's uh, one of the episodes of the playbook on Netflix is, is you know they cover a coach per episode And I just I like I like him a lot And he said something that will stick with me forever And I wanted to share it with you in case it'll stick to you um, he, was, he just keeps talking about having a pressure situation as a privilege I'm like you know what Doc it fucking is Having a pressure situation is a privilege. That's how he looks at it. That's how he looks at being able to play these basketball games and getting to the finals and being in these high-pressure cooker situations. It is a privilege. And when you look at it that way, because I always get so nervous in high-pressure situations, and I try to search for the thing that's going to you know, allow me to at least just be in my body so I can enjoy it and have fun. But thinking about it as a privilege, that's a really good – I like that. I like that a lot. So if you got something big coming up and you're nervous and the stakes are really high, just know that it's a fucking privilege. So fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. But if you think about it like a privilege, I think you could kind of, I don't know, maybe treat it with more respect and find your footing and do better. Be a better performer. Man, Kevin came with me to, uh, to Arizona. Thank you so much to everybody who came out. Those were really fun shows. Wow. We did five shows at a comedy club. It has been so long since number one, I performed twice in one night. And then number two, five shows in three days. That is, I, I forgot how much energy I expel when I, cause when I do stand up, Corinne and I's stand up acts are extremely different. Hers is more about the written word and mine's more about like animation and act outs. I do a lot of act outs because I got a BFA in acting. I'm gonna use that. So fuck y'all. Um, and I expel a lot of energy In my standup sets And I really like it I enjoy it I kind of use it as this like outlet For whatever's going on In the inside of my head Which is a hellhole Don't be fooled And uh, it was just It was just so much fun But I'm exhausted Because I forget how tiring that is But thank you so much To every single person Who came out Oh man There was one We always you know Corinna and I try to We realized when we started touring That our audience wasn't this was their first comedy show ever their first stand-up show and 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 to be an audience member in a stand-up comedy show it's a specific type of entertainment you don't talk back to the comics you don't yell that's called heckling we hate that you know but when we obviously when we ask you a question you could tell it's not that fucking vague when we ask a question that we want answered, you'll know but when we don't you know you just got to fucking relax and so at first when we started touring, there was just so much yelling out and it made me so angry. And there was a lot of young chicks that were just wasted. And that also made me angry. But I realized, you know, these, these people are here because they love you and they want to hear you. So we just got to let them know about the etiquette of a stand up audience, like what that entails. And these audiences in Arizona were fucking great, man. They were great. They were, oh, they were good. There was only one thing that happened. I'm so mad. It, it happened while I was on stage. So I didn't hear it, but Corinne heard it. And she told me there's this girl that was wasted that was talking during the show. And so the manager, very sweet manager. Oh my God, he was so wonderful and really gave a shit about comedy and comedians and, you know, fuck hecklers, right? So the, I guess she was yelling out and she was wasted. And so the manager took her outside and was like, hey, ma'am, you, you gotta leave. Like, you can't, you can't be yelling like this. Like, and she was asked to, quiet down many times by people around her and by the staff and sometimes you get three strikes sometimes you only get one and so they went outside to the you know the area the lobby area and she was yelling at him and called who's the nicest guy ever called him a spiky bearded bitch and he is so nice and has such a good demeanor he was like i'm not that's not like he he didn't care he was like okay well you know i can i'll refund you And then she started crying after being very mean to him and was like, I'm a really nice person. I'm like, oh, I'm so bummed I was not there to witness that because, girl, I'm normally deemed the nice one, but I do not tolerate being disrespectful to the staff. Oh, my Christ, that will send me that will send me. For a loop Because here's the thing Maybe you don't know That it's not that kind of environment And Corinne and I Kind of have this like Party atmosphere To our shows So you might not know Right But once you fucking do know Shut your goddamn mouth Ho Okay You shut your goddamn mouth Ho Yeah That's right You heard me Ho And then But if you're mean to the staff I will absolutely Condemn that Verbally And strongly To your face When I witness it But I wasn't lucky enough To witness it But whatever I mean she was She was having She was having a fun time and then sometimes when people get drunk they get sad or they flip emotions really quickly i was man when i get drunk i am so giddy i'm like fl- very flirty very horny as i am now because i haven't been tux- touched sexually by a man for how long kevin oh nine months oh that's fun so yeah um don't be a dick to the staff ever that's just so fucking rude man don't be fucking rude okay okay and Kevin was so good though Kevin was great we hiked in the desert and um and then I looked down because Kevin was walking with a fucking limp and I was like what's wrong with my baby and there was a giant clump of cactus prickles did I look up the verbiage no I do whatever the cactus thorns it's not a thorn whatever it is quills I don't know it's not a porcupine whatever. The shit this is sticks out of a cactus that hurts you, And I picked him up and I noticed there was like a pile of them stuck to his paw and I was like, oh my god, my baby! My baby! And so I took them out with my right hand and then they got submerged into my right hand and i was like ow well that hurts and then i got them out with my left hand to which they got stuck in the fingers on my left hand and i was like well that's not fun and then i did the same thing took them out with my right hand got stuck again so i was just playing the shittiest game of cacti hot potato y'all ever seen and then corinne had to get them out and i was screaming in the goddamn desert i'm such a little bitch but i don't care i think it's cute but kevin was great i guess because of covid um, I don't have all the paperwork for his emotional support stuff yet. I have a letter from my therapist, but I thought you needed like the vest and all that stuff. Apparently you don't. So I, I knew that I was just taking him on the plane in a carrier. And I was like, I know that I have to sign up document saying that I'll, like, I'll leave him in the carrier under the seat, but like I'm softly gonna put him on my lap. And which I guess is not allowed, but I got away with it both rides. He was on my lap, he was sleeping. I got I gave him like all this stuff the vet gave me to like make him calm. And he was just sleeping on my goddamn lap like a precious little tiger angel. And it was really cute. And so on the way back from the flight, I, uh, well, first of all, whoever was sitting in front of me was farting, farting, farting. And I was like, that's rude. Glad we have these masks. But I could still smell your goddamn farts through my mask. And that's not something I like. But what can you do? You know, other human beings aren't going to operate the way you wish them to operate. And that's just something that we all got to accept but yeah, I watched this movie. Oh my word. What a beautiful movie. It was French and I had to read it. So not to brag, but I can read. And, um, it was one of the most beautiful movies I had seen in a very long time, a French film called a portrait of a lady on fire. And, oh my God, it was about this princess girl, basically. She wasn't a princess, but whatever. Um, she was like, Gonna marry somebody In another country And they could like Join lands or whatever Basically like her sister Was supposed to do that But then she killed herself And then uh, So she was like Now I have to do it Well I I don't want to do that So they sent They kept sending people Over to the castle To try to make a portrait of this girl and she was like no fuck you but then they sent a lady over to paint a portrait of her but they lied to the princess girl and they were like hey this girl's just gonna like hang out with you and like take you on walks like you're a dog (laughs) and the girl was like okay she was very depressed and so but the painter lady it was her job to secretly paint this portrait of her she paints the portrait of her and then she's talking with the princess lady's mom and she was like yo okay i'm done but like can i tell her that we lied instead of you and i was like that's a bold That's like integrity. That's like walking around the world with integrity. And then she did. And then um, the princess was like, you're a lying bitch, basically. And then then the mom left for five days and these two chicks fell in love. (sighs) Talk about word economy. There was not a lot of dialogue, but the dialogue that was there was fucking poetry. I was like, I wonder I, I talk about fuck boys. man i want a man to talk to me like that i was crying like my mom watching a lifetime movie i was just like this is so beautiful and then because uh, i timed the movie to end right as the plane was going to land and then the last scene was so fucking beautiful i'm not going to ruin it for you it's not really a spoiler but i'm not going to describe it because it, it just wouldn't even dare do it justice I mean, this whole review isn't doing it justice, but you get it. The last scene was really beautiful and I fucking hate when things get interrupted. I hate, I don't know why. I hate it. I hate it. Like in acting class when I was in college, sometimes we'd be doing a scene and then the professor would be like, stop, and I wanted to punch them. I didn't because that's illegal and rude, but I just, when I'm when I'm doing a thing or when I'm watching a thing and it gets interrupted, I fucking, oh, I, i can't stand that i wonder why um but so this last scene i'm just crying for like the sixth time in this movie i'm crying and i'm crying on the plane and i'm hugging kevin and then the fucking flight attendant it, it does that thing where they go mm, there's a message being said and i'm like oh
1: fuck you
0: i was so mad and but the thing came on so all the sound on all the tvs when someone makes an announcement on the plane stops it stopped. And then no one made a fucking announcement and I could hear them chatty cathying in the back of the plane. And I'm like, I almost yelled like, bitch, turn the button off. I'm trying to watch this movie. I almost did, I almost yelled that. But I didn't, because that's rude. And and then they finally made the announcement and, and then they went back and it you know resumed. All the players in the back of the seats, they resumed. And I was like, thank God. And then the scene was carrying on, it was so beautiful. And then the fucking captain gets on and doesn't talk for like a whole minute before the thing and then it was just terrible it was terrible you guys (laughs) it was the worst experience of my fucking life i'm just kidding it wasn't but i just i don't know why that makes me so goddamn mad but it really does oh that movie's so good you guys gotta watch it i don't know fly a delta plane or something Okay, let's go. This is the second to last episode where we're going to dive into Nathaniel Brandon's The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. This one, um, I really, I mean, again, all these chapters are interesting, but some of them are more interesting to me than others. And this one, I really, I really like. It's about self-esteem and culture. And I'm just going to read my favorite parts of it. And the ones that talk about like women and the ones that talk about like America. But this is some fucking food for thought, especially right now, huh? So let's get into it. This is, uh, what number chapter is it? Yeah, you don't give a shit. I'll just, it's, uh, it's chapter 17 if you do give a shit. Uh, Self esteem and culture. Here we go. Here we go. If we have a genuine need to experience our powers and worth, which we should, then more is required than the comfort of belonging. There is not, this is not to argue against the value of relationships, but if a culture places relationships first above autonomy and authenticity, you know, like tax breaks for people if you're married, it leads to the individual to self-alienation. To be connected is more important than to know who I am and to be who I am. That sucks. The tribalist may wish to assert that being connected is more important, is the higher value, but that is not a license to equate it with self-esteem let that kind of gratification be called something else otherwise we are trapped in an eternal tower of babel and he talks about a lot of cultures you know at the very beginning of cultures it was all about a tribalist mentality And America was created. I'll get to the America part, but it's really interesting how America was founded in a very unique and different way. I mean, you know, there's a lot of murder going on, and and a lot of, hey, I was here first, and I'm very peaceful, and then they were like, "Mm, fuck you, this is ours, I'm gonna shoot you, and so that's not nice. But you know, the the origin of America being invaded and then stolen from um, the natives um, started from wanting to get away from the church. And then we're like, separation of church and state, but we're gonna have God on our money and then churches don't have to pay taxes and then we can molest people and fuck you. So, you know, that's basically it in a nutshell. I know, I'm a scholar, I'm a scholar. The influence of culture. Every society contains a network of values, beliefs and assumptions, not all of which are named explicitly, but which nonetheless are part of the human environment. Indeed, ideas that are not identified overtly, but are held and conveyed tacitly can be harder to call into question. I know I hate when there's like an unspoken rule and no one told me it and I'm a very literal literal person y'all and then I'm like doing something and I'm like wait is that rude? Hold on is that and I generally don't think it's rude and then other people are like that's rude but they don't really tell me they just look at me weird and then I get real anxious. Precisely because they are absorbed by a process that largely bypasses the conscious mind. Everyone possesses What might be called a cultural unconscious, a set of implicit beliefs about nature, reality, human beings, man-woman relationships, good and evil, that reflect the knowledge, understanding and values of a historical time and place. I do not mean that there are no differences among people within a given culture in their beliefs at this level. Nor do I mean that no one holds any of these beliefs consciously or that no one challenges any of them. Because, boy, we do. I mean only that at least some of these beliefs tend to reside in every psyche in a given society and without ever being the subject of explicit awareness. Consider, as illustration, the view of women that has dominated human history. Okay, Nathaniel, yeah, let's go down that shit road of poop. In almost every part of the world and throughout virtually all the centuries behind us, women have been regarded and been taught to regard themselves as the inferior of men. Let that sink in. Some version of women as inferior is part of the cultural unconscious of just about every society we know of. (sighs) And in the cultural conscious as well, women's second-class status is a pronounced aspect of every brand of religious uh, fundamentalism, be it Jewish, Christian, Islamic, or Hindu. Therefore, it is at its most virulent, virulent, virulent? God damn it, I should have practiced that word before I started recording. In societies dominated by religious fundamentalism, such as modern Iran. In Christianity, and not only among fundamentalists, because boy, we know that, it was held and often is still held that women's relationship to man should be as man's relationship to God. Oh, you can go hop on in that car and go down to fuck yourself town because I ain't taking that. Obedience, in this view, is a woman's cardinal virtue, after purity, no doubt. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. (sighs) I once made the mistake in therapy with a female client of associating this idea with medieval Christianity. She looked at me with astonishment and said sadly, Are you kidding? I heard it from our minister last Sunday and from my husband on Monday.
1: Well, girl, you got to go
0: down to that divorce store and get you one. When her husband learned of our discussion, he insisted that she discontinue therapy. He's a prick. Women as inferior is not an idea that supports female self-esteem. No shit, bitch. Can anyone doubt that it has had a tragic effect on women's view of themselves? I mean, I would think so. Even among many modern American women who, are, who consider themselves thoroughly emancipated, it is not difficult to detect the pernicious influence of this view. You're telling me. There is a corresponding widely held idea about men's values that is detrimental to male self-esteem. In most cultures, men are socialized to identify personal worth with earning ability and with being, quote, a good provider. If traditionally women owe men obedience, which we don't, men owe women financial support and physical protection, which you don't. If a woman loses her job and cannot find another, she has an economic problem, to be sure. But she does not feel diminished as a woman. That's very true. Men often feel emasculated. In hard times, women do not commit suicide because they cannot find work. Men often do, because men have been trained to identify self-esteem with earning ability. And that's so goddamn sad, y'all. A lot of more men kill themselves in older years than women. And I've known about that set for a long time And it's it's wild I mean, I don't know what it's like in i am actually be curious if this is an American thing Or Canada does this too And Mexico also does this I, I don't know But women are trained to be comfortable with crying And to learn that anger is not becoming on them Men are socialized to be very comfortable with anger and encouraged to express anger. But if they cry, they're a fucking pussy. So what happens is when women are mad, we're like, I'm really mad. And when men are angry, are, are sad and want to cry, they're like, I'm fucking sad, okay? And it's just a whole shit show, guys. So really be aware. Um, because yes, men and women are different. Ugh, we're not that fucking different. We're human beings. We are, we are, we have emotions we all have anger and sadness and joy and we all have a feminine and masculine side of us no matter what gender you are you have a bunch of sides of yourself okay so if you're raising a little boy and he wants a barbie let him have a goddamn barbie okay Margaret Mead's well-known study of the Samoas Samoans show likewise that deep emotional attachments between individuals are very foreign to such society's psychological and pattern of living. Oh, this is so interesting. God, I love learning about how other societies function. While sexual promiscuity and short duration of sexual relationships are sanctioned and encouraged, any tendency to form strong emotional bonds between individuals is actively discouraged huh so i guess they don't have like greeting cards in their pharmacies because fuck love if love is self-expression and self-celebration as well as a celebration of the other think of the self-esteem implications of the samoan orientation or of its spiritual equivalent in contemporary sex clubs in new york city i'm like why nathaniel you really took that from zero to hundred real quick. I mean, as someone who has frequented the sex clubs in New York City, I can say they are full of love sometimes and they are full of not love sometimes, but, oh God, I miss sex. I just really miss it. Anyway, in the mores regulating sexual activity in primitive cultures, one often encounters a fear of, even an antagonism toward sexual attachment, sexual attachments that grow out of what we call love. That sucks. Indeed, sexual activity often appears acceptable to most when the feelings that prompt it are superficial. That sucks. In the uh, Trobriand Islands, for instance, writes G. Ritray Taylor, adults do not mind if children engage in sexual play and attempt precociously to perform the sexual act. Now that's a really loose rule, huh? As adolescents, they may sleep with one another, provided only that they are not in love with one another. Can you imagine that? Can you fucking imagine your mom being like, "You can fuck them, but don't love them." I mean, that was basically what I did anyway. And um, but no one talked to me about it, and they just acted like sex was the devil. And then if they knew that I had it, they were like, "I don't want to talk to you. You're fucking gross and you're a slut." And I was like, "But you're my mom." Oh man, that's so interesting. Children. I'm just going to repeat this. This is, so, this is so fascinating to me. Um, and these are in the Trobriand Islands. This, and, and this historian writes, Adults do not mind if children engage in sexual play and attempt precociously to perform the sexual act. That is so wild. But first of all, too, children are sexual beings. They're not, And I'm not saying fuck them because that's terrible, okay? we Don't fuck kids. I don't care what goddamn culture you're in. Don't fuck kids. Okay, because you're going to ruin that child because of your disgusting, ugly parts. Okay, anyway, but kids are sexual. They, w- they want to know, oh, wait, what's this in between my legs? When they get to a certain age, they're like, what the fuck is this? So it's going to come up. And then if you're friends with another kid, you're gonna be like, can I see yours? Does yours look like mine? And then you're like, oh, it doesn't? That's weird. And then if it's a boy, it's like, well, that's a whole different plumbing. And so, but my point is, kids are sexually curious about their own bodies. Maybe they're not sexually curious. Maybe it just starts off as curiosity about their own bodies. And then you fucking lay on your, giant stuffed horse you got for Christmas long enough and you're like why does this feel good and then you keep going you're like holy hell am I gonna get pregnant and then you just live in fear as a seven-year-old that you're gonna get pregnant because you masturbated that's what happens when we don't tell our kids what sex is guys I had a lot of unnecessary anxiety for masturbating I would still do it all the time but it made me terrified because I was like any day now I have to check my underwear for a little tiny speck of blood that I'll probably barely be able to see and that means I'm pregnant I just know I am that's what i thought at seven years old um so for for this going off of this um uh, as adolescents they may sleep with one another provided only that they are not in love with one another <laughs> just fuck for fun kids okay if they fall in love the sexual act becomes forbidden and for lovers to sleep together would outrage decency that is so wild man and that's what i you know it's one of the reasons why the united states is there's so many fucking people here and there's so many cultures within the United States. And I understand that other countries also have, you know, these pockets of other cultures. But in the U.S., it's just more spread out and it's more frequent. And I, that's what I like. It's what I like about living in New York City. I feel like it's one of the most international cities in the, in the world. And I fucking love that. when I attended the first international conference on self-esteem in Norway in 1990 a Soviet scholar remarked as Americans you can't possibly grasp the extent to which the idea of self-esteem is absent in our country it's not understood and if it were it would be condemned as politically subversive oh that's freaky and scary what is interesting about modern Japan is that what is interesting about modern Japan is that it is a semi-free society whose tradition is tribal and authoritarian while containing within itself some liberal forces thrusting towards greater individualism and freedom from the constraints of old ways. Here is Jonathan Rauch commenting on the older aspect of Japanese culture. There is a disturbing side of Japan I hope no one's offended by this. I'm just reading it, okay? Please don't yell at me. There is a disturbing side of Japan, a traditional pre-liberal side. The baseball teams often train their players to the point of pain and exhaustion on the grounds that this will build strength of spirit. Oh, that sucks. In high school, hazings, underclassmen are humiliating and bullied on the understanding that they will get their own turn at bullying when they become upperclassmen. Oh, that's... I mean that's kind of what happened in my high school too but it wasn't like no one said anything about it it just happened so how is this different from america uh in the ever-present japanese seniority systems the young suffer and pay their dues and learn to endure and accept the later in uh, and later inflict the same the bully worshiping portion of japan i mean american fucking uh, well i mean i guess we're like Don't bully. So I guess we don't worship them. This is interesting. The bully-worshipping portion of Japan is only one sector of the rich and diverse Japanese moral geography. (laughs) Yet I was not in Japan a week before the sector had drawn my attention and seduced me with its vaguely fascist magnetism. As it happened, I had been recently reading Plato, and when I saw the traditional Japanese values, strength through suffering, strength through hierarchy, strength through individual submersion in the group i recognized what i beheld no one would have admired the traditional japanese values more than plato who uh, would have seen them the seen in them the gleaming sparta of his dreams okay well that's you shouldn't be mean there it's fixed. just kidding some years ago i had a japanese teacher of a a aikido as psychotherapy client He had moved from Japan to California at the age of 22. He said, (laughs) this is so funny, he said, Japan is changing, sure, but the weight of tradition is still very heavy. The idea of self-esteem barely exists, and it's really something else there, not what you write about, not what I understand and want for myself. There, it's all tied up with the group thing, family, the company, you know, not really the individual. I saw my friends struggling with this issue, not knowing how to put it into words i came to the states because i like the greater individualism a lot of people are crazy here you know really mixed up but still i think there's a better chance to develop self-esteem here (laughs) (laughs) you got that right toots we're loony but we have the freedom to love ourselves What one can say as a generation is that tribal cultures discount individuality and encourage dependency, and to this extent may be characterized as unfriendly to self-esteem. The religious mentality. Yeah, let's go into religion. Who has ever gotten more self-esteem from religion? I mean, I'm not a religious person, but the religious people that I've talked to, it didn't seem very self-esteem inducing. I don't know. What say you, with Nathaniel? <clears throat> in california when educators introduced self-esteem curricula into the schools the most fervent opponents were christian fundamentalists rude they denounced such programs as self-worship they argue that self-esteem alienates children from god <laughs> i recall many years ago a carmelite nun speaking of her training quote we were taught that the enemy to be annihilated the barrier between ourselves and divinity was the self oh, that sucks eyes cast down not to see too much emotions suppressed oh no not to see too much emotions suppressed not to feel too much a life of prayer and service not to think too much above all obedience not to question man when someone tells you to not ask questions something's up okay throughout history wherever religion has been uh, has been state enforced consciousness has been punished For the sin of thinking, men and women have been tortured and executed. This is why the American idea of the absolute separation of church and state, which are not even that separate here because it's on our fucking money, was of such historic significance. It forbade any religious groups to use the machinery of government to persecute those who thought or believed differently. Well, that's a good foot to come on. Well, they left there with that idea, but then they came here and they're like, this is my land, fuck you, I'm gonna murder you and all that you've worked hard for and everybody you love. Consider the typical religious response to atheism. If one has arrived at belief in God through some authentic personal experience, one would imagine that an appropriate response to those not similarly advantaged would be compassion. Yeah, you know, one would imagine that. Instead, More often than not, the response is hatred. Why? The answer can only be that the atheist is experienced by the believer as a threat. That is a good point, Mr. Brandon. Because look, when I'm walking down the street in New York and somebody, you know, pre-COVID was trying to offer me a pack, a pamphlet, or when there's, you know, people outside of a women's health clinic um, saying that God loves you and don't kill the baby and it's like and and they're like pray you know take these pamphlets and pray and i'm like bitch
1: if prayer worked
0: go home and pray and then i'll change but you know it doesn't work so you're trying to guilt trip me bitch, because you've been guilt tripped well you know what my god done guilt trip so fuck you there's a pamphlet yet if the believer truly only feels not only that god exists But that god is on his or her side then it is the atheist not the believer who should receive kindness and sympathy having lacked the good fortune to be touched by the experience of divinity as it happens the bible sets the precedent for this lack of benevolence cool i don't care we are told jesus threatened those who did not believe he was the son of god well that's not very jesus like is it with an eternity of torment again very rude and in the, in the Quran, Muhammad is no more merciful towards non-believers. Religious support for cruelty towards those who don't agree with one has a long history. And that has no place in my heart. <laughs> Historically, not only has traditional religion generally set itself in opposition to science, it has also condemned most personal mysticism. Like all my rocks and crystals and oil burners? yes like those because the mystic claims direct unmeditated experience of god which i do claim un un unrouted through religious authority for the traditional religionist the mystic who operates outside the orbit of the church is too much of an individualist well you can kiss my individualist clit because i'm not changing i'm only getting more psychic and seriously i don't you know i i don't believe in uh it's I don't actively Not believe in stuff I just I just have what I do Gently believe in You know Because I'm not married To any of my beliefs I'm very open to them Changing and molding And you know Growing um, But I do th- These moments When people talk about God In the way that I like Like you know uh, That fucking song Where it's uh, I know what I know If you know what I mean It's like God is a smile On a dog Yes it is Like when I'm laying With Kevin That's when I experience god i feel like i experienced god if you ask me what god was honestly couldn't fucking tell you but the feeling that i get lends itself to god to whatever i the fuck i think god is you know so that's just fun about me because i never went to church my parents were too busy you know doing other stuff and i'm so thankful for that because they they never shunned religion they just didn't really give a shit And so that was a really nice environment to grow up in. And, you know, I had insecurity issues and self-esteem issues and self-doubt issues for other reasons, not because of God. (laughs) If in any culture children are taught we are equally unworthy. Oh, okay wait, I didn't read the first part of that Um, because this is like a list of stuff. Historically, not only has traditional religion generally set itself in opposition to science, it has also condemned most personal mysticism. I already read that fucking part. Um, It would be a mistake to let one's thinking on this point stop at Islam or Roman Catholicism. Luther and Calvin were no friendlier to the independent mind than was the Pope. I don't know the fuck Luther and Calvin is, but... I assume that they're gay people that were in the Bible that everyone respected and loved and said love means love and you can marry Luther, you can marry Calvin. I don't care if you both have dicks because technically, if you think about it, one of the most masculine things in the world is just two guys naked trying to have sex because it's just a dick battle, with a sore battle with your dicks. Anyway, if in any culture children are taught we are equally unworthy in the sight of God. If in any culture children are taught, you are born in sin and are sinful by nature. If children are given a message that amounts to don't think, don't question, believe. If children are given a message that amounts to who are you to place your mind above that of the priest, the minister, or the rabbi. If children are told, you are the val- you have value. If you have value, it is not because of anything you have done or could ever do. That's rude. It is only because God loves you. Oh, God, this God sucks. If God, uh, if children are told submission to what you cannot understand is the beginning of morality. Ew, dude. If children are instructed, do not be willful. self assertiveness is the sin of pride. (laughs) If children are instructed, never think that you belong to yourself there's a way to fucking manipulate a child and then touch them inappropriately and get them to never tell if children are informed in any clash between your judgment and that of your religious authorities it is your authorities you must believe if children are informed self-sacrifice is the foremost virtue and noblest duty then consider What will be the likely consequence of the practice of living consciously or the practice of self-assertiveness or any of the other pillars of healthy self-esteem? In any culture, subculture, or family in which belief is valued above thought and self-surrender is valued above self-expression and conformity is valued above integrity, those who preserve their self-esteem are likely to be heroic exceptions Ah! that just felt like the appropriate response oh and then let's get into the fucking america man oh this is interesting because there's so much shit unfolding on our political landscape right now that i'm like woo nathaniel the american culture and it also this this chap this uh, section of this chapter also did make me appreciate things about america because i and i'm not exaggerating here i was very strongly considering moving to another country not now but in the future like fucking Sweden a country that takes care of its citizens a country that says what they mean do you know what i mean like a country that gives its citizens health care and that will allow a woman to choose what to do if she becomes pregnant at a time that she does not want to be pregnant. And a country that gives you enough money to live off of, no matter what you do. You know what I mean? Because I feel like part of the American dream is that we can make so much money. We can get fucking loaded if we get lucky. if we the You know, if we work really hard and then luck comes and then we take advantage and we kill it. But and, and you can do that here. You can do that here. But at the sacrifice of the people living here not on my watch i'm not running for office i just you know anyway so that what i'm trying to say is this this made me you know well you'll see the american culture (sighs) the united states of america is a culture with the greatest number of subcultures in of any country in the world it is a society characterized by an extraordinary diversity of values and beliefs in virtually every sphere of life and yet We understand that we will be speaking only of dominant trends to which there are any number of countervailing forces. There is a sense in which we may legitimately speak of American culture. What was so historically extraordinary about the creation of the United States of America was its conscious rejection of the tribal premise. Yeah, you know, and how they like murdered all the people that were here first. Uh, The Declaration of Independence proclaimed the revolutionary doctrine of individual inalienable rights and asserted that the government exists for the individual, if you were white and had a dick, not the individual for the government, if you were white and had a dick. Although our political leaders have betrayed this vision many ways and many times, oh, he had no idea what was happening when he wrote this book, it still contains the essence of what the abstraction, America, stands for. Freedom, unless you're, you know, black or a woman. Individualism. The right to the pursuit of happiness. uh, Self-ownership almost that's that's the opposite of slavery so that really is uh put your foot in that one founding fathers huh cool the individual as an end in him or herself not a means to the ends of others not the property of family or church or state or society again unless you were african american in which case you were kidnapped from where you were and then taken over here and forced into slavery so that's not nice just like to remind everybody that these ideas were radical at the time they were proclaimed and I do not believe they are fully understood or accepted yet, not by most people. Many of the founding fathers were deists. They saw God as a force that had created the universe and then largely withdrew from human affairs. They were keenly aware of the evil that resulted when any particular religion gained access to the machinery of government and thereby acquired power to enforce its views. As men of the Enlightenment, they tended to be suspicious, of the clergy george washington said explicitly that the united states was not to be identified as quote a christian nation freedom of conscience was integral to the american tradition from the beginning you know after they killed all the natives americans tend to see themselves as the chosen people (laughs) that's just so true (laughs) america with the jews of countries Americans tend to see themselves as the chosen people. At the core of the American tradition was the fact that this country was born as a frontier nation where nothing was given and everything had to be created or stolen. Self-discipline and hard work were highly esteemed cultural values. There was a strong theme of community and mutual aid to be sure, but not as substitutes for self-reliance and self-responsibility. This generalized account of traditional American culture leaves out a good deal. (laughs) Yeah, you're telling me. It does not, for instance, address the institution of slavery, the treatment of black Americans as second-class citizens, or legal discrimination against women who only acquired the right to vote in this century. Just the same time, just the same, we can say that to the extent the American vision was actualized, it did a good deal to encourage healthy self-esteem. Unless, you know, you were black or a woman. It encouraged human beings to believe in themselves and in their possibilities. In our present culture, pro-self-esteem forces and anti-self-esteem forces collide constantly. You're telling me, Nathaniel? <laughs> the 20th century witnessed a shift in cultural values in the United States, and predominantly the shift was not supported uh, has not supported higher self-esteem but has encouraged the opposite.
1: Yeah, I'd say you nailed that one.
0: I am thinking of the ideas I was taught in college and university during the 1950s. Ew. Uh, Together with millions of other students, I was informed that the mind is powerless to know reality as it really is. Ultimately, mind is impotent. That sucks. No rational code of moral values is possible. Well, that's a fucking lie and a half. Since all behavior is determined by factors over which one has no control, no one deserves credit for any achievement. Well, that's a bunch of phony baloney, homies. Since all behavior is determined by factors over which... One has no control. No one should be held responsible for any wrongdoing. Well, if that's fucking rude. You can go on over to the jail and just mark yourself into the cell and think about what you did. <clears throat> If there there are no objective principles of behavior, and if no one is responsible for his or her actions, then why shouldn't business executives defraud customers and clients? Why shouldn't bankers embezzle or misappropriate customers' funds? Why shouldn't our political leaders lie to us, betray us in secret deals? Withhold, and sometimes when you're stupid, you're not that secret about it, and we still are like, whatever. Withhold from us the information we need to make intelligent choices. Those are all great questions, Nathaniel. If the earned and the unearned are old-fashioned, reactionary ideas, why shouldn't people loot whatever they feel like looting? Why is working for a living superior to stealing? Because we started out this country on a goddamn lie, and Dull people's lives. The American culture is a battleground between the values of self-responsibility and the values of entitlement. Woo! You nailed that one. This is not only the culture conflict we can see around us, but it is one most relevant to self-esteem. It is also at the root of many of the others. We are social beings who realize our humanity fully only in the context of community. And I mean, community can have good stuff. The values of our community can inspire the best in us or the worst. Well, that's true. A culture ha- that values mind, intellect, knowledge, and understanding promotes self-esteem. And a culture that denigrates mind undermines self-esteem. Doy. A culture in which human beings are held accountable for their actions supports self-esteem. Yeah. A culture in which no one is accountable for anything breeds demoralization and self-contempt, a.k.a. 2020, a.k.a. A culture that prizes self-responsibility, fosters self-esteem. You can't see me, but I got my uh, binoculars. What am I looking for?
1: The president's sense of self-responsibility.
0: A culture in which people are encouraged to see themselves as victims fosters dependency, (sighs) passivity, and the mentality of entitlement. I mean, look no further than a Trump rally to see all these pieces of shit human traits alive and well and maskless. You know... A COVID outbreak. There was never a COVID hotspot in any of the Black Lives Matter marches because we were fucking outside and staying away from each other and wore our goddamn masks. But are there hotspots coming out of those Trump rallies? You goddamn right. Man, you can't hate yourself and also be healthy, I guess. There will always be independent men and women who will fight for their autonomy and dignity, even in the most corrupt and corrupting culture. Just as there are children who come out of a nightmare childhood with their self-esteem undestroyed. Must be nice! But a world that values consciousness, self-acceptance, and self-responsibility, self-assertiveness, purposefulness, and integrity. What a shopping list! Will not preach values imminical to them or pass laws that discourage or penalize their exercise. For example... Children will not be taught to regard themselves as sinful obedience, will not be rewarded more than intelligent questioning. Students will not be taught reason is superstition. Girls will not be told femininity equals submissiveness. Thank you. Self-sacrifice will not be eulogized while productive achievement is met with indifference. Welfare systems will not penalize the choice to work. And regulatory agencies will not treat producers as criminals. Oh. <sighs> kind of fucking utopia is that when can i move some awareness of these realities is reflected in the fact that those who are genuinely concerned with the problems of the underclass in america are thinking increasingly about the importance of teaching cognitive skills and values of the work ethic self-responsibility interpersonal competence and pride of ownership i mean the way that you can fuck up a group of people is you take away their education you say they they, that they have rights but then when they try to exercise those rights you either kill them or you arrest them or tell them they're bad people and they're like well that's weird because these are the rights i have like no because you're in that group and then you get a bunch of fucking shit okay don't do that the individual in the society we all live in a sea of messages concerning the nature of our value and the standards by which we should judge it. The more independent we are, the more critically we examine these messages. The challenge is to often recognize them for what they are, other people's ideas and beliefs that may or may not have merit. Just because Daddy Trump tells you not to wear a mask doesn't mean that he's right. <laughs> the challenge, in other words, is not to make the assumptions of one's culture as a given, as reality, but to realize that assumptions can be questioned. As a boy growing up, I am sure I benefited from the fact that my father's favorite saying after the Gershwin song, I imagine, was, it ain't necessarily so. Oh, I like that. It ain't necessarily so. I don't know how the song went, but I'm imagining that's how it went. It ain't necessarily so. Cultures do not encourage the questioning of their own premises. One of the meanings of living consciously has to do with one's awareness that other people's beliefs are just that, their beliefs, and not necessarily ultimate truth. This does not mean that living consciously expresses itself in skepticism. It expresses itself in critical motherfucking thinking. Oh. I added that part. Okay, we're in the final, final journey, y'all. Final journey. I'll almost let you go. Do not worry. A society may identify its interests with a large and growing population, in which case women will be encouraged to believe there is no glory comparable to the mother uh, to motherhood and no other standard of true femininity. <laughs> Yet the, an individual woman may see her life another way. Yeah, she might. Her values may lead to her, uh, her towards a career that precludes or postpones motherhood. Yeah, maybe it does. And that's okay. Okay? And she may or may not have the independence to judge her life by her own standards, bitch. And to understand womanhood very differently from her mother, her minister, or her contemporaries, who again may brand her as selfish. Well, you know what? Suck on my selfish clit. Bitch, because I'm having a good time. Sorry you're not, but that's your fucking problem. Okay? Is this riveting podcasting or what? (sighs) If I live a life of unthinking routine with no challenges or crises, I may be able to evade for a while the fact that what I possess is not self-esteem, but pseudo-self-esteem. When everything is all right, everything is all right, but that is not how we determine the presence of self-esteem. Genuine self-esteem is what we feel about ourselves when everything is not all right. Oh, those words cut deep, Nathaniel. Wow. This means when we are challenged by the unexpected, when others disagree with us. Oh, I am shaking in my boots just thinking about that one. When we are flung back on our own resources. When the cocoon of the group can no longer insulate us from the tasks and risks of life. That's fucking terrifying, y'all. When we must think, choose, decide, and act, and no one is guiding us or applauding us, and I love the applause part, y'all. You just got to be your own clapper. At such moments, our deepest premises reveal themselves. One of the biggest lies we were ever told is that it is easy to be selfish and that self-sacrifice takes spiritual strength. People sacrifice themselves in a thousand ways every day. This is their tragedy to honor the self, To honor mind, judgment, values, and convictions is the ultimate act of courage. Observe how rare it is, but it is what self-esteem asks of us. Wow, guys, that was so beautiful. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you want to shoot me an email, thevoicesinourheads at gmail.com. Oh, ooh, that was the wrong one. The Voices in Our Heads podcast at gmail.com. Hopefully you didn't pause it after I said the first wrong one. I'm not going to have Mike edited it out. Because, again, recording this the night before it comes out. Oops. Um, but I love you so. I love you so much. If you want to rate and review this podcast on iTunes, that would help me be up in the comedy charts, which makes my ego go, yay, Christina. Um, but you don't have to, but do it. Um, all right, guys. We are the next The next episode. Next week is the last episode on this beautiful fucking book and i hope you've enjoyed this fucking journey and boy get ready for january because we're about to feel our feelings i love you so much don't be a dick honor yourself have a good week don't want to be an american idiot